how to sell more cars. Um, thank you, Mark, for uh, for talking about TikTok and and specifically about using social media and and setting up videos. And I think that's important to establish the social proof, uh, which which is a big thing. Though, that people trust you. Uh, People have trust in you, uh, not that you're an honest uh, human being, but you can actually do what you say you're going to do. And the social proof that you put on social media is is, is great for that. We're going to talk about that in just a second with uh, with actually uh, with uh, with Judy Schramm. But Bob Ritchie's coming in, so we'll, we'll let uh, Bob get a chance to introduce himself. I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Terry Lancaster, and I am a marketing strategist, which is Basically, I tell people how to sell stuff. I, that, that, that actually tells you nothing about what I do, but I am a marketing strategist. Um, I've been doing this for about 30 years, and 90% of my business is in the automotive industry, and I do a wide range of things for car dealerships. I do it for some other folks as well. I do it for insurance agents. I do, I do some work for mortgage brokers. I do some work for real estate agents, but 90% of my work is uh, is in the automotive industry. And I do a couple of different things. I One, I create copy for them. I'm a copywriter. I put words in order to tell the right story to make people do the right thing with, with the calls to action. So I'm a copywriter and I end up using that to write websites and uh, and also radio and television spots. That's been my, my emphasis for the longest time, writing radio and TV spots for car dealerships. I also do sales training to help the automotive salespeople um, sell the way that we're all selling here today by by making more friends and and because everybody needs a car. I wrote the book, How to Sell More Cars. Um, What I would love from you is if you know a car dealership, if you know someone in the automotive industry, please introduce me to me. I'll uh, introduce them to me. I'll, uh, I'll send them a free copy of my book. And uh, and maybe we'll take it from there. But again, I, I, I do these things not because there's never a car dealer in the audience. And I tell people, I, I tell car dealers every week, you should be here. Every person in this crowd owns a car. R- raise your hand if you don't own a car. <laughs> every, everybody owns a car. So, uh, but car, but car, that's uh, car sales people don't really do that. So I never worry about meeting them here. But I know you probably know a car dealer. So I would love the, an introduction to one of them. Bob Ritchie just popped in the room. Uh, Bob, how are you, sir? Hey, you're you're on mute. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we I'm go. sorry. Uh, yeah, I was having problems. I don't know for for some reason getting on on the website. Chrome kept saying that uh, the site was wasn't safe. So you're not safe. <laughs> you must write too many good books. <laughs> So, hey, I'm Bob Ritchie. I'm in Nashville, and right now I'm over in North Carolina for a while, uh, visiting and and, uh, marrying off my daughter. So uh, I just wanted to check in and say hi to everybody. Well, Bob, tell us real quick uh, who who you are, what you do, and uh, and then uh, we'll we'll get get on to Judy. Yeah, I'm Bob Ritchie. have a little thing where uh, where I do some marketing for our brand education for two organizations, one of which is Valera, and the other is a, a new app that's coming out called The Movement, and it is an app aimed at small businesses and uh, basically university students. So it's to grab that university crowd. So I will leave my information in the chat. All right. Thanks, Bob. Enjoy, enjoy North Carolina. 
right, we are now going to get to the uh, the training session of the meeting. Judy, how are you? Welcome. Judy well. is, uh, is going to talk to us about using LinkedIn, specifically about esta- using LinkedIn to establish that social proof, the stuff that you need to have in there to uh, to say uh, what you want it to say. Judy, welcome aboard. Uh, I, I've got to set this up. You can, are you going to share your screen? Do you have uh, anything? I or? am. I am. Okay. I have a deck. You should be able to do that, and I'm going to leave it in your hands. Thank you. All right. Well, I am delighted to be here talking with you all. I, you know, it sounds like I'm preaching to the choir about using social media. And Mark, I appreciate you setting that up so nicely. Thank you. Um, but uh, LinkedIn is something I'm really passionate about. And it's it, especially for a group like this, it is absolutely critical, um, the most important social platform. And um, let's start with this, because this is the question I get asked all the time. Is it even possible to generate leads on LinkedIn without spamming people and also without spending hours every day on LinkedIn? Because you know that out of 830 million members, you know your prospects are out there. The people who can make referrals to you are out there. Um, and you know, you hear from a lot of people that LinkedIn is the best social network for lead generation. But, um, you know, for every person who has figured it out, and I I suspect a fair number of the people here on this call have, there are thousands who are doing it badly or who are not doing it at all. And those um, you know, there is an opportunity here to do a really great job for your business to create a system where instead of having the feast and famine that happens so often, you have a systematic way to get uh, regular referrals and to get uh, new customers coming in the door, new opportunities continuously. And, you know, as I mentioned, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, This is the formula that we have found to be successful. We've worked with about 2000 executives at this point, and there are three parts to it. The first part is telling your story effectively. That means that when people come to your profile, they understand who you are, they understand how you can help, they feel that what you do is relevant for them, they feel like they can like you, they know who you are, they trust you, and they remember you. Because so many opportunities come not just immediately when they first hear about you, but but weeks, perhaps months, even years down the line. The second part of it is locating ideal prospects. And part of that is being findable by people who are looking for someone like you. The other part is finding the people who would be a good fit for you. And and this is true both for prospects and for people who, um, who do a lot of referrals. This is locating ideal people who can make referrals. And then finally, getting those conversations started, introducing yourself in a way that makes people say, yes, I'll have that conversation. Yes, I'll have coffee with you. And then nurturing the relationship over time to get to the point where you have a deal. And so let's start by um, sharing some best practices and talking about the first part of that. How do you tell your story effectively on LinkedIn? And what I've got here is five key parts of the LinkedIn profile that will have the biggest impact on your overall results. So the first part is a headline. 
And the headline is this part right here, uh, directly under the person's name. Um, you have an opportunity to put some text in here. You have about 220 characters. And, and there are so many parts on places on LinkedIn where all people can see about you is your name, your photo, and your headline. So your headline is like the subject line for an email. If, if it's not compelling, people are not going to click, and then they're not going to come through and learn how wonderful you are. So you really want to invest in creating a great headline. And uh, Chris is a very good example. He is uh, a virtual chief revenue officer. Now, Terry, I hope, I hope you don't mind, Terry. I think you do a great job with LinkedIn. And so I've got you as an example in here as well. And it, Terry's, uh, obviously, he has a great headline also, but take a look at his header graphic. This is a visual way to tell your story. Terry's got his three books here. He's also got keywords that pop right out at you so that you understand exactly how he can help. Now, if you wanted to do uh, something related to your business, the mortgage folks, you could have um, you could uh, Mark Connell, you could take the, just the top part of, um, of your, your background here on Zoom, that would make a great header graphic. Um, you can also do a photo of you speaking at an event. You could do, if you want to make the point um, that you're in Nashville, you could use a photo of a local landmark, something that people would recognize. Now, the, the third part about, of the profile that is really compelling and is so underused is the about section. And so many people don't even use an about because they don't know what to put there. And they're not comfortable, you know, just with the sort of free form writing that you can do in the about section. But this is like the cover letter to your profile. This is the opportunity to tell a story, to tell people who you are, to tell them why you do what you do, why your, your work has meaning for you. And a, a group of you shared this on, you know, in the introductions today, why, why you get personal motivation out of helping people. And that is an excellent thing to go in this section. So I'll just mention Robin Robbins. I don't know if any of you know her, but um, she has, um, as everybody does here, a great header graphic. She has a great head headline here. And this is an interesting format for the about that is very easy to write. So I'm not going to sit on here long enough for you all to look, but you can have the deck and, um, and you can take a look at it later. Now, I also put Terry's in here. Terry does a really good job of storytelling. His is more of a flow. Robin's is, you know, this section, this section, this section, but he's got a story here. You get to the end of this, you feel like you know who he is. And that's really important for building trust. Now, uh, Kanita runs a nonprofit. And this is um, the featured section. The way she uses the featured section is very powerful. Now, you all know that if, um, you know, before people take a meeting with you, they're going to Google you. And Google will serve up your LinkedIn profile at the top of the search results. But who knows what's going to come next? The algorithm changes rapidly, uh, you know, and we've all been online for a long time. Now there could be all kinds of things that show up. When you use the featured section on your LinkedIn profile, it's like controlling that first page of search results. 
because you're choosing the things you want to highlight. You want to make sure people find specific things, the things that are most impressive, that are best at building trust, that give people the greatest opportunity to tell, to know who you are. And if you look at Kanita's, she's been covered on CBS News. Her nonprofit has been written about in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and she just won a grant from Goldman Sachs, one of 50 Black women leaders across the country who received this grant. These are all very impressive things. And when people come to her profile, they see all of this and boom, credibility. Now, Paul is a a lending officer at City National Bank, and the experience section, this is the fifth part of the profile, is really useful at telling people not just what you're doing now, but how you got where you are. What was your journey? Every one of you has had a long career, and you've had a successful career. And, And so how did you build the expertise that allows you to do what you do now so so effectively and and to serve your customers and to deliver great results. When you put stories in your experience section, you allow people to learn that about you, which gives them more confidence in you and also helps you address the issue of um, like, how do you know what you're doing? You don't have to spend that time in the coffee meeting talking about what you've accomplished in the past. They can read through it on your LinkedIn profile and they come to that meeting much better prepared to have a rich, meaningful conversation and to move forward. So these five sections of the LinkedIn profile are the ones that are the most relevant when you're selling. And if you use them effectively, if you create rich sections in these five areas, everything you do on LinkedIn is going to be more effective. So now let's talk about the best practices around introducing yourself. So I'm not going to, you know, because we have limited time here, I'm not going to um, go into that second area, which is how do you find people, but we can do that in the Q&A. I thought I'd just skip ahead here to the introduction section because this is an area so many people struggle with and get wrong. Now, this is a collection of messages that I've received just in the past week. And I know you receive messages like this as well. These are exactly the thing that doesn't work. If you take a look at them, you can see they're generic. These could be written to any one of us on this call today, and they'd say the same thing. They're spammy. There's there's nothing meaningful in here. What they're basically saying is, hey, I do this. Um, Are you ready to buy from me? Which is is not only not helpful, it's, it's actually obnoxious. And if you get down to like this one here on the lower left, this is a guy who had the nerve to connect with me under false pretenses and then be offended when I didn't want to be sold to right away. This is the kind of thing people are doing that is that is why LinkedIn has um, as much spam as it does and why so many people get awful results with LinkedIn. So most common selling mistakes, generic messages to introduce yourself like those, 
Um, the second thing is assuming people who accept your connection are interested and ready to buy. Usually they're not. Third, starting to sell immediately after you connect. Um, you know, especially mortgage brokers, it, it sounds like all of you are in relationship businesses and, and relationships are built over time. They're, you know, you can like walk down the street and reach out to people and say, hey, I have this to sell. Are you ready to buy? And keep going. And if you had a thousand people, you'll probably find somebody who's interested. But so much more effective to, to not just blast and spam. So let's talk about what does work. The first thing is hyper-personalize. In other words, do some research on them and reach out with a message that is specific to them and specific to you, that tells them why you are reaching out. Show that you've put time in, that you did do your research. You know, you listened to the whole podcast. And, you know, if any of you listen to Brene Brown's podcasts, those are an hour long. So that is some time put into them. Um, and then offering something of value, not just, hey, I'm selling this. Are you interested in buying? But, you know, we're having an event. You, you know, would you be interested in joining us? Oops. So when you are looking at LinkedIn to go from the introduction to the meeting, this, these are the things that you want to think about. And this is how you want to invest your time and effort into LinkedIn. The biggest thing you need to do, especially in a relationship business, is to build trust. There, you know, Stephen Covey says, uh, trust is the combination of competence and character. And there are so many areas of LinkedIn where you can demonstrate competence and show your character. So that should be the single biggest thing you put time into. The second thing is nurturing relationships. Just like you would on Facebook, you give people the gift of your attention and you show them that you're paying attention. So you like their posts, you comment on their posts, you congratulate them, you show them that they matter to you. And, and that reflects well on you. It also helps them because they're um, their audience is seeing how much that they are valued and appreciated. And then educating. You know, there's a, there is an education process that has to be gone through in any kind of a, of a buying process, right? People need to learn. They need to learn what you do. They need to appreciate the value of the different aspects that, of what you do and why you do things the way you do. And educating is something that is LinkedIn is designed for at this point. And then giving back. People are much more ready to make referrals, to do business with, to trust somebody who they see is working to benefit the community. And so using LinkedIn to allow people to see the ways that you're giving back and by sharing your knowledge with others, that really helps you grow your business on LinkedIn. And then finally, thought leadership is at the very top of the funnel, sharing what you've learned and engaging with other thought leaders and, and um, learning from them and letting them learn from you. So these are the 
the five things that really work on LinkedIn. This is a, this is a different way to think about selling on LinkedIn, but this this is what works. And so we're going to do a Q&A, and I'm happy to dig into any of these areas because there, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, but for those, you know, I have some resources. So um, we have checklists for people who are using LinkedIn in different ways. There is a business development checklist that is uh, more detailed than, uh, than the five areas that I went into. And you can get that on our resources page. We also, the, um, there are some excellent examples in this deck, but uh, our website is packed with examples. So you can uh, take a look and see what other people are doing and get some ideas for your own profile. And then we have a, a free webinar that we call a LinkedIn Profile Glow Up that we do typically once a month. The next one is August 30th. And um, what our coach will do with you on that call is walk you through um, updating the some of the sections that we talked about today, but also some of the others that will have a big impact on, on your results. So let me stop here and say, um, what questions do you all have? What would, what else would you like to? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, go ahead. A anyone who has any questions for Judy, please feel free. Uh, let's let's uh, let's carry on I, the conversation. Question, Judy. Judy, I have a question. Yes, I've been considering. I, I keep getting you know contact to upgrade from the free LinkedIn LinkedIn to the professional that yep. costs a monthly. If it would it. So there are there are multiple paid versions of LinkedIn, and um, the they're probably trying to get you to go to premium, um, which is sold as a general business package, um, and is currently running around sixty dollars a month. That one is only useful if you are really spending a lot of time on LinkedIn and you keep bumping against the limits. LinkedIn says. You've sent enough connect requests for this month, or you've viewed enough profiles for one day. It, you know, if if you keep getting error messages like that, then you probably should upgrade. Um, the the version of LinkedIn that I love and the one that we recommend to all of our clients is uh, Sales Navigator, and that's the one that is designed specifically for sales. It it has fabulous search. So you can go really granular on that. You, for example, you can look for companies that are growing faster than 25% a year and have more than 10 salespeople and are in, um, you know, in Nashville, right? And, and you can get a list of those companies. You can get a list of people who have recently changed jobs. You can get a list of people who... Um, you know, are CFOs and have just changed jobs. It, you can get lists of people who, um, you know, have been in their career for, you know, 20 or more years. It, you know, it gives you really powerful search capabilities. And, and so that's the first part that's really useful. The second part that's useful is when you put your leads or the people you want to build relationships with, like Teresa, the 20 people that you were talking about, 
you put them in a lead list and then you go to your homepage in Navigator and it will send you all of the news about those people. So you can see when they post on LinkedIn so that you get notified and you can engage with them. If their company makes an announcement, if they're all of a sudden doing a lot of hiring, you, you know, LinkedIn looks for all these triggers and then puts them in front of you so that you can engage with them and congratulate them and get conversations started. And then it also maps what you have in common with those people. So for example, um, you know, if I look at somebody's profile, Lincoln, maybe I'll look at your profile and it'll say, these are the four or five or, you know, 200 people who can introduce you to Lincoln and it'll rank them based on the, how, how much, how connected we are, which is very useful. So if you're doing heavy duty lead generation, um, Sales Navigator is very, very powerful. But if you're building relationships around referrals and, you know, there are relatively few people that you need to uh, stay in touch with, you know, you may or may not need it. It's about $100 a month right now. But you can get your first month free if you haven't already claimed that. And then you can experiment with it and, and see what you think. Does that Judy, I, uh, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, one of um, a niche focus that I have is brand new realtors. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to find a resource um, that lets me know when a person has um, received their realtor's license and then they have parked that license with a real estate agency. Um, you sparked a question or a, a point of interest when you said um, that Sales Navigator, I'm making notes on my other screen here as we talk, um, that Sales Navigator will ping you when a change has been made. Um, is there a way that you know of um, to find or, or for me to find those brand newly minted real estate agents, uh, very frequently those, those persons go through a six, eight month process to get their license. When they get it, they have, they have no idea. I've literally had a real estate agent say, I've got a contract in my hand. What do I do, Mark? I, I don't know what the next step is. So, <laughs> so I, I, I find that to be a very interesting facet of building new relationships with realtors who don't know what they're doing. I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, and I'm wondering if LinkedIn will identify those. There is a way to do that. The um, uh, Sales Navigator has an option to save a search. So what you would want to do is you would want to define a search that could include, um, you know, real estate is one of the categories on LinkedIn you know, you do have to, people self-select, right? So not everybody who says they're in real estate is a real estate agent. Um, you know, some of them are property managers, as an example. But, but what you could do is you could uh, look at the industry, you could look at the title, um, you could choose a geography if you don't want, you know, even if you want to go nationwide, 
um, I, I think you don't want to go worldwide. And then you could get a list of people who are new in the career and you could have that sent to you every week. Now, are you going to get everybody? Probably not, right? Because a lot of realtors uh, do not use LinkedIn as their primary platform, but you would get um, you would get a fair number of people every week. Okay. I think it would be worth a try. If you don't have Navigator yet, I would um, I, I would get the free trial. And if you want, um, you and I can hop on a 15-minute call and I'll show you how to set up the search. And then you can just try it out. I mean, $100 a month to have something like that sent to you on a regular basis, that might be pretty affordable. Oh yeah, the dividends that would pay on that are are amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. So Judy, this is Teresa. Yeah. I have found that I have a hard time getting the current realtors that I have on LinkedIn, and I'm a fan of LinkedIn. And I've really had to revert mine over to Instagram because I'm not a Facebook fan, but Instagram I'm getting a lot more generation. So and I don't know change or maybe it's age group. Well, so realtors are kind of all over the place, right? Um, They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. You can find them on TikTok. You can find them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not usually the first place they go. You you know, um, there are plenty of them on there. Yeah. You can build relationships with the ones who are. Right. I just encourage the ones that do work with me to be on LinkedIn. And I've been on LinkedIn for many years and I've got over just right at 5,000 connections. That's great. But that was from because of my previous life. Mm-hmm. But the fact is they're all over the United States and I use that platform. Like they got a property for sale. I like to do a co-brand with them and put it out there because we don't know someone that I may know from California that's looking to move to Tennessee. Right. And I'm like, that's the best platform. So I try to encourage them to get out there. I don't know. I, I guess that's where I need help at. I need more help with how can I sell it maybe in a different way to really get spark their interest on how they could use this platform on a professional level. Can't do the same memes and I would never do that. The same memes and the comments that are made. You can't treat it like Facebook or even Instagram, but I really right. wish they would do more because I have, have always been a fan of LinkedIn. Well, I think, a two-pronged argument would probably work best. The first is to point out to them that people aren't going to Google them. You know, you're not going to get around that. And um, and the LinkedIn profile is going to be at the top. You know, it's an opportunity to tell a really rich story. Most of the agents have a very minimal profile on the um, on the on the you know on the company website. Mm-hmm. On their own website, they can tell so much of richer story. And, and some of the things on there are things like you can put videos on there, right? And, and you can upload documents that would be useful to people who are thinking about buying a house, right? It can be their own little mini repository, mini website that is super easy to set up and maintain. Um, and under their own control as opposed to under the broker's control. Because if, you know, if they move from one broker to the next, they keep their LinkedIn profile, right? So that right. would be part one. And then part 
two would be um, to lead with the, you know, the joint venture part of things, right? To say, you know, hey, I partner with people on LinkedIn. I have a large network. And, you know, this is something that, that I do with, you know, with, with realtors. And, and so, you know, you can kind of combine them, combine those two stories. I think that would, I think that would work not with everybody. Right. But, but I do see the benefit and, it, and because they don't go into it enough. I've even found myself like where I, I can even look at my history, my posts where I used to post more. Now I have gotten just zero. If it wasn't for the company, it wouldn't get anything out there. My company does control what I can, you know, they do monitor what I'm putting out there and down to um, the picture I have to put, you know, so there, so I can't, I don't want to manage to. So I didn't keep all my same connections. I just want to keep it the way it is, but I too need to get back into doing more of it. You don't, I don't know what the odds are. We don't know what the numbers are. If I don't do the enough, gener- enough uh, posting on it, I don't know what the odds are of generating a lead. Does that make sense? So is it, you know, hundred it, does. it does. Is it, you know, is it a daily post that should re- result in that? I don't know what the odds are. And I, and I do tend to fall into numbers. Right. So, so what, what I would say is try one post a week and, you know, make the effort minimal, but be consistent and, and start with that and see where that gets you. For for a lot of our clients, we recommend one or two posts a week, and that's sufficient. Now, if you're doing, you know, if you really want to build your audience, if you want to get to 10,000 or, you, you know, even higher, then I would recommend posting more often. But you can create evergreen content and recycle it because everybody is not going to see it every time. Right. So, you know, you can... You know, I have my content repurposed. So, for example, I'll write a blog post and that blog post, and by I'll write, what I mean is one of my writers will write for me. (laughs) Um, And then that gets repurposed into an infographic and into a little um, mini book. And um, and then little quotes go into the um, into graphics. It's. You can get a lot out of materials that your company probably has already created. They do have automation already with marketing that they do post. And that's the one post that's happening. What's not happening and where I received more impressions or likes or what have you was my personal post. So if I just did one a week along with our marketing, it's getting us two a week out there. That would be, and that would be plenty. And and yeah. so, and yeah, is it okay that think, I have it linked up with Twitter? Because when I do post on my LinkedIn, it's an automatic to my Twitter account. Right. You, I would be a little bit careful about that because it does not. It does. You know, when you sh- automate the share, it doesn't share properly for Twitter. It does right. share, but it. Um, if you take a look at the tweet. It's not the way you would format yeah. it if you were doing it for a while. I do better when it's just doing a personal. And yeah. I'm, I do hit, all, I try to hit all the platforms, except I mean, I'm still a baby on TikTok. I'm getting a few videos out there, but just personal. But the Twitter one was just probably the hardest one ever to even get followers. But I'm finally finding a niche and it's finally working. Yeah. So just keep experimenting like that. Okay. 
And oh, yeah. life, life's an experiment. Twist some dials. Uh, it's it's eleven twenty eight. We promise everyone it's twelve twenty eight. 1229 now. We promise everyone we, we're going to end straight up at 1230. So we are just about out of time. Make sure there's Judy's contact information. Uh, uh, grab that. Uh, make sure you leave your information in the chat. And Judy, before we go, my big question is, what can we do for you? How can we help you for this fantastic presentation for, for all you've shared with us today? Oh, thank you. Um, well, if you know somebody who needs help with LinkedIn, I'd love to talk with them. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. There we go. I've got several that need you, Judy. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That would be thank, thank you so much. I'm going to get this posted. Uh, just like uh, Judy said, I'm going to repurpose this content. We're going to, I'm going to post this in the group. We're go, there's going to be a blog post about it. We're going to have all of those things. They're going to be in our Facebook group. Uh, which, because I don't have a LinkedIn group set up for this, but I'm, maybe I should do that. Uh, and before we go, I've been having a great deal of success with uh, with with LinkedIn events. So maybe we'll have Judy back some other time to talk in about LinkedIn events. There's a lot of meat uh, on, on this phone that we could get into, but uh, but we're going to get that all in the group. Uh, so let's carry on the conversation there. Jim is going to uh, to uh, send out a uh, send out an email for our next invite. We'll be back here in two weeks. Uh, last words. Anybody have any last words to say before we skedaddle? Thank you, Judy, for the presentation. That's my pleasure. Everybody Thanks, everyone. We'll be back somebody. here in two weeks. Judy, fantastic. Same awesome. here. Thanks great so presentation. Much. Thank you all. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Save the chat. I'll see you in two weeks. See ya. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. How to sell more cars.